G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation to Visionathon today at vision.org.au. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie urges us to press on, to keep running our race with Jesus Christ. So the idea is, okay, you're in the last lap now, and you're exhausted. You don't feel like you can go on another foot. And now in the distance, you see the emperor standing there, holding the laurel leaves that will be placed on your head as you're declared the winner. And so for us as Christians, it's like we're in this race, and we're tired, and these attacks and obstacles and challenges, and look ahead. Look unto Jesus. He's the one we run this race for. We do it so we can stand before Jesus one day and hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Pastor Greg Laurie has said before, a good description of the Christian life is long obedience in the same direction. It can be rewarding at times and daunting at times. It can remind us of how weak we are in and of ourselves. But where we're weak, He is strong. Glad you've joined us today here on A New Beginning as Pastor Greg brings us the finale of his inspiring series called World Changes. We're learning how we can impact the culture around us. Today, he gets very practical. Let's grab our Bibles now. We're going to turn to Hebrews chapter 12. And the title of my message is The Secret to Being a World Changer. This is my last message in this series that I've enjoyed exploring, going through the great heroes of faith of Hebrews chapter 11. And now at chapter 12, a lot of the loose ends are pulled together. And here before us is the secret of the world changer. So let's read together Hebrews 12, starting in verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider Him who endured such hostility from sinners against Himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. We'll stop there. So what is the secret to being a world changer? What is the motive that will keep us going even when we are at times discouraged in the race of life? Here's the answer. It's Jesus. 
We do it for Jesus. We keep running for Him because one day we will stand before Him and we'll see Him face to face. Let me take you back again to verse one. It says, therefore, or another way of putting it, in light of what we have just learned from these heroes of faith in Hebrews 11, because of this example, therefore, let us run with endurance. I'm gonna share with you six principles about being a world changer. Number one, world changers are in good company. World changers are in good company. Verse one says, you're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. We look back at Hebrews 11. Here are all these great people of faith. They ran the race of life so well. Hey, they weren't perfect. They messed up. They had flaws. We pointed this out. But yet they changed their world. The world changers in Hebrews 11 opposed the Pharaoh and they counseled Nebuchadnezzar. They passed through the Red Sea. They shouted down the walls of Jericho. They shut the mouths of lions. They both called down and walked through fire. Now the author of Hebrews is saying, listen, run like they did. They set the pace. They have provided an example that we should follow. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us run. Point number two, world changers are in a race for their life. World changers are in a race for their life. Verse one, let us run. You are not my opponent. I'm not competing with you. You're not competing with me. Listen, my competition, if you will, my opponents are the world, the flesh, and the devil. I'm running with fellow Christians. We're running together. Point number three, world changers run light. World changers run light. Verse one, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and run with endurance the race that is set before us. Ask yourself this question in the race of life. And I'm speaking of the Christian life. Is there someone or something that is slowing you down? See, if I'm running a race and someone's hanging on to me and I'm dragging them, is that a productive relationship for winning a race? No. If I'm trying to have an appetite for the things of God and someone is feeding me something that dulls my appetite, is that a good thing to eat? So periodically I have to take stock of my life and ask myself of certain relationships, is this a good relationship for me? You need to run the race with godly people that spur you on, not with ungodly people that slow you down. So look for godly friends. And even more, be a godly friend. Point number four, world changers run hard. They run hard, verse two, let us run with endurance a race that is set before us. The word that is used here for endurance is the Greek word upamoni. I'm told that's how it's pronounced. I don't speak Greek. Uh, but it's a word that means perseverance, endurance, steadfastness, or staying power. Another translator put it as heroic endurance. This is a steady determination to keep going. Because sometimes in the race of life, hey, it's just hard. And you're just a little bit tired, or maybe really tired. And the epimony, the perseverance, presses on. Sometimes we start off with a burst of energy, then we start slowing down, and some even abandon the race altogether. Years ago, 
I went out on a bike ride. Uh, my wife is really good on road bikes and, and I wanted to sort of do it with her. So I went and got myself a bike and I got the whole outfit because that's what I think of it as an outfit, which I didn't really like wearing. Uh, you know, it's this little brightly colored deal with the little clicky shoes that you click into the pedals. And then it has padding on the bottom. You feel like you need your diaper change, okay? <laughs> See, I got on my little bike and I'm riding along, very color coordinated, looking good. Boom, 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 you know. So we ride about 20 miles away. And, and you know, I just so full of energy. I pass everybody. They're looking at me like, what are you doing? I'm way in the lead. This is so easy. Why do people say it's hard? It's easy. Then we reach our destination. I'm exhausted. It's so bad, one of the people had to push me back on my bike, pushing me. That is humiliating, okay? <laughs> and then to make matters worse, after the race is all over, I get on the phone, I'm telling someone, I rode 20 miles today. And my wife was walking out the door. I said, where are you going? She goes, I'm going on a ride. What do you mean you're going on a ride? We just rode 20 miles. Kathy says, I didn't even break a sweat. <laughs> but sometimes we start with a great burst of energy, but we can't finish it. We need endurance. Where do we get it? <laughs> You're not going to like my answer. Where do you get endurance? The answer is found in James 1. Count it all joy, brothers, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. So let endurance have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. There's that word, epimony again. The testing of your faith produces this strength. So right now you're going through a hardship and it makes no sense to you and you wish it would go away but God is toughening you up. He's giving you that steadfastness you're going to need because He's getting you ready for something that is still yet to come. Listen, trials are like God's gym where He makes us stronger. Well, as we run our race for Christ, where we focus makes all the difference. Glad you've joined us today for a new beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. And he's about to explain where to focus as he presents six principles regarding world changes. He's bringing us the finale of his important series by that name. Let's continue. Point number five, world changers don't live in the past. They don't live in the past. And I look to another verse for this, Philippians 3.13, where Paul says, One thing I do, forgetting the things that are behind and reaching forward to the things that are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You put your past behind you. When God forgives you, He forgets your sins. He says, Your sins and iniquities will I remember no more. So put your past sins behind you. Listen to this. Put your past victories behind you. Some people are resting on their laurels. They're living in the past. There's a new day before us, a race to run. So we press on. Number six, world changers run the race of life for Jesus. This brings us back to the secret of being a world changer. Looking unto Jesus, verse two says, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Now Paul is thinking of the Greek games, the Olympic games. That's where the Olympics started in Greece. And back in those days, they didn't give out gold medals and silver medals and bronze medals. 
Back in those days, you would receive the laurel leaf wreath uh, from the emperor. So the idea is, okay, you're in the last lap now, and you're running, and you're exhausted. You don't feel like you can go on another foot. And now in the distance, you see the emperor standing there holding the laurel leaves that will be placed on your head as you're declared the winner. And so for us as Christians, it's like we're in this race, and we're tired, and these, these attacks, and obstacles, and challenges, and look ahead. Look unto Jesus. This is who you're doing it for. There stands Jesus, not with laurel leaves, but with your crown that he will give you and all who love his appearing. That is why Paul said, I fought the good fight. I kept the faith. I finished the race. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me in that day, and not to me only, but to all who love his appearing looking to Jesus. He's the one we run this race for. He is the one we sing to when we worship. He is the one we give to in our offering. He is the one that we seek to honor each and every day. And He is the one that we will stand before one day. So we don't do this for applause. We don't do it for notoriety or fame. We do it so we can stand before Jesus one day and hear Him say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. So look to Jesus. Don't look to circumstances. Don't look to people. People will disappoint. They won't have that encouraging word. In fact, sometimes they'll have a discouraging word. After you took a step of faith to serve the Lord, they'll, they'll question your motives. Challenge what you're doing. Well, they do basically nothing themselves. No, you press on. As Corey Tin Boom once said, look at people and be depressed. Look outside and be distressed. Look at Jesus and be at rest. Now we close with the greatest world changer of them all, Jesus Christ. Verse three, consider him who endured such hostility against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Think of what Jesus did for you. Think of how he went to the cross for you. Not when you were worshiping him or sitting in church with your Bible open on your lap or with your hands lifted in praise. He did this for you when you were shaking your fist in his face and taking his name in vain and breaking his commandments. And so when we read, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Guess what the joy set before him was? It was you. It was me. It was us. He did it for us because he knew there was no other way that we could be made right with a God that we had all offended. And I love this. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross despising the shame. So look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. God finishes what He starts. He's going to complete the work in you. You say, Greg, I can't go on another day. Yes, you can. Get your eyes off of yourself. Put a stop to your pity party. And look at Jesus. Well, people don't appreciate it. Okay, you're not doing it for people. Do it for Jesus. He's the one you'll stand before. He's the one that will give you the strength to do it. Think of Simon Peter on the water. He sees Jesus walking. Lord, he says, if it's you, tell me to come. Jesus says, come on, man. I don't know if he said it that way. I'm just thinking he might have. 
And the Bible says, and Jesus said, come. I thought it would have been more like, what a, come on, come. Let's see what happens. Peter walks on water. Now we can make fun of Peter for sinking, which happened after. But no other disciple walked on water besides Peter. How did he do it? He was looking to Jesus. When did he start to sink? When he stopped looking at Jesus. When will you start to sink? When you take your eyes off of the Lord and put them on people or you put them on the church or you put them on circumstances or you put them on other things. Get your eyes off of that stuff and look to Jesus. He'll never let you down and He'll keep you running in the race of life. He'll do it. But think of all He did for you. He died for you. He paid for your sins. And now He's actually asking permission to come into your life. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock, and if you'll hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. He wants to come in your life. He wants to forgive you of your sin, and you can put your sin behind you, you see? But God cannot forgive the sin that we will not confess. But the Bible says that we will confess our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And as we close now in prayer, there might be some of you that would say, I don't know Jesus. I'm not sure if my sin is forgiven. I don't have the confidence that I will go to heaven when I die, but I want it. Hey, he's just a prayer away. He'll come into your life. Some of you might say, well, I've been discouraged and a little disheartened and I haven't been running the race, as you call it. I haven't been walking with the Lord. Maybe it's too late for me. No, it's not too late for you. Get up and run again. Get back in the race. Come back to the Lord. Let's all bow our heads. Father, now we've heard your word and I pray for any here that do not yet know you. Help them to see how much you love them, Jesus. Help them to come to you. Help them to believe in you right now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important word of prayer. And if you've come to realize today that you need to make a change in your relationship with God, Pastor Greg would like to help you take the next step right now. You know, I, I receive so many letters from people from every walk of life, from successful businessmen to those who are incarcerated, to mothers struggling as they're trying to raise their children, to young boys and girls writing and saying they've made a commitment or a recommitment to Jesus, and maybe you need to make that commitment to Him right now. Let me lead you in a word of prayer. Yes, you can meet God right now, and I would just ask you to pray this prayer out loud after me, and this is where you are asking Christ to come into your life. Pray with me now, if you would. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've broken your commandments, and I've fallen short of your standards but I thank you that you have loved me and you have called me to yourself. So I turn from my sin right now and I choose to believe in and follow you. Be my Savior, be my Lord, and be my God from this moment forward. Thank you for calling me and loving me and accepting me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, let me just say, God bless you. You've made the right decision, and welcome to the family of God. Thanks, Pastor Greg. And we'd love to help you if you've prayed that prayer today to begin to grow in your new faith. We'd love to send you some resource materials called our New Believers Growth Packet. 
It'll help answer some of the questions you might have and get you started off in the right direction. So get in touch for your New Believers Growth Packet. Just ask for it when you call 1-800-00-5011. Well, on Monday, Pastor Greg points out the need for spiritual renewal in our land and how believers are called to serve. But we'll see that if God sends us to do a job, He gives us the tools to get it done. We'll learn more about that on Monday, right here on A New Beginning. If you'd like a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, it is available on CD from Vision Christian Store. Search The Secret to Being a World Changer at visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.